Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Light it up on a Friday. The last Friday, the last show for us of the year of our Lord 20. And 22, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we thank you so much for being a part of today's presentation. I am Jeff Howe. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. We are live. We are local. We are digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Pretty much going to be all Alamo Bowl today. Talking about the Texas loss to Washington 27-20. Texas goes down, ends the season. With an 8-5 and five record, and we will talk about it on today's show. Craig Wade not in today. He is traveling with the men's basketball team en route to Norman. Again, Craig deserves hazard pay for having to spend any portion of New Year's Eve in Norman. But it's Texas and Oklahoma tomorrow to open Big 12 play on the hardwood. So Craig is not here. He will be back on Tuesday. But today, I'm doing my best to hold it down and always holding it down behind the glass. Our erstwhile producer, who has never missed a show, Two with asterisks next to them because local teams were playing for a state championship in this time slot. He is the publisher curator, otherwise major domo of everything Flex ATX, FLXATX.com at FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. He is the legendary, the one and only the great Snoop Daniel. Snoop, how are you on the our last Friday, our last show of 2022? Well, I'm I'm great because the Novaside family dropped us off some like Elite gourmet cookies. Oh, the Novoside family did. Yeah, oh, and like nice. I, each one, Buck is he estimated a, a price. I was like, whoa. I mean, they are real. Jeff, you have to have at least one of them. They're like a cookie, but each cookie is like a cake. But anyway, so that started my day good. And, That's kind of wild. And, uh, and we're rocking out. I know tough game last night, but yeah, and we'll talk about it. Specs Texan is open three three seven three seven seven six. I've I don't think I've I don't think I haven't tweeted anything this morning, but I'm on Twitter at Jeff Howe two four seven. Snoop Snoop, are you still just at Snoop Daniel? Yeah, S N U P E Daniel. But I don't I, I barely use my flex F L X A T X. Also, get over to Horns twenty four seven dot com. We got post game coverage there. I'll have some stuff. Later today, throughout the week, whatever the case is, throughout the weekend, and uh, you know, to see there is no off season at Horns twenty four seven. It never stops, and we've got basketball tomorrow. So, uh, get over there and check it out. Uh, Chip Brown's post game column, Chip's column is leading the site this morning. Uh, Mike Roach is at the Under Armour All America game right now in Orlando, uh, giving updates on the Texas signees playing in that game, and also Deuce Robinson, the uh, big time tight end, two sport prospect out of the state of Arizona, is in that game. Uh, so Mike will not join us today because he's handling business in Orlando, but you can get over to the site and check out all of Mike's work. He's also on Twitter, at Mike Roach 247 All right, Snoop, uh, let's just go ahead and start with – I want to start with the game itself. Well, I, I don't know. I don't you know Because what I'm going to say today kind of combines the two with the game last night and the season. I think you can – I think people tend to – and it's, it's normal reaction for fans – I think people tend to look at bowl games and wrap it up with the season and kind of see it as an all-or-nothing deal, and I just don't see it that way. 
again, I've said this time and again, man. Tom Herman just kind of ruined my outlook on what bowl games mean and what they mean going forward to the next year. And not to say that you can't be disappointed in the loss last night. If you're a Texas fan, you should be disappointed in the loss last night because there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot that was evident in that game that was evident all year in some of their losses, and that's the kind of stuff that needs to get worked on in the offseason. But at the same time, while you can be very disappointed about the loss, you can still see some of the positive things with this program, see signs of growth, see where this team is getting better, look at certain marquee positions, quarterback, tight end, left tackle, inside linebacker, where you have found, you know, with Tavondre Sweat coming back on the defensive line, where you have found guys that can carry your team on both sides of the ball in 2023. So, yeah, you're right. Anybody in the right mind that watched that game, you're rightful to be disappointed. We'll talk about a little bit of it. But also I think it's it's worthwhile to respect the growth. Now, like with the record, Snoop, 8-5, and five, it's the ultimate Warshak test, right? People, you're going to see whatever you want to see. Like, you know, the Warshak test where you have to see, like, the ink block. Oh, yeah. Or, or the dress. Is it yellow or blue? Yeah. The Laurel Yanni bit, that whole deal. Like, it's, which I think that's a hoax. I don't, you know, I think that's, I hate this term, but I think it's fake news. The Laurel Yanni thing. I don't know. <laughs> um, but at any rate, it's, it's going to be, you, you can see whatever you want to see. Man, eight and five is the ultimate Warshak test because you can see a team that's plus three in the win total from last year. You can see a team, like I said, where you see signs of player development, but you can also see a team that lost five games. That when you look at the wins, their two best wins this year were at K-State and UTSA at home, two teams that were double-digit win teams. But you look at the games Texas, the other games Texas won, uh, and granted, Kansas and Oklahoma and Baylor were all bowl-eligible teams that lost their bowl games, so they finished with losing records. Uh, however you want to slice it, uh, the rest of your wins were against teams that were 500 or worse. So, again, glass half full, glass half empty. It's going to be however you want to look at it. I, I'm looking at it as going into the year, I felt like 8-4 and four would have been a good regular season record. Give yourself a chance to get to nine wins. Uh, they did that, but the chance to get a ninth win went wrong for a lot of reasons, and we'll talk about that on today's show. I felt like... A lot of the stuff, Snoop, that I talked about yesterday when I broke down key matchups and three keys to, the, to three keys to a Longhorn victory. Again, this isn't the two mile horn. This is me looking at the game, going into it and seeing how it played out. Man, a lot of that stuff was why Texas lost. I said, don't abandon the run. You never really got the run game established. That the line of scrimmage was. I'm not going to say troubling. But it was the most disappointing aspect of last night because, we, look, we've seen this Texas defensive line play really well throughout the year. The body of work is there. The body of work is there to show where this offensive line made progress. And to me, throughout the regular season, that group exceeded my expectations. But last night, I did not expect Texas to, quite frankly, get bullied at the point of attack last night. I mean, no tackles for loss. You weren't able to create negative plays in the backfield. I mean, Washington, they were just popping it off. Like, I know they had the 42-yard touchdown run, and I'll get to that in just a second, but the way Washington was just able to kind of get four, five, six yards a pop on the ground in the second half and consistently stay ahead of the chains was one of the things Texas could not have happen if they wanted to win the game. I mean, man, you start looking at Washington's drive chart last night, Snoop. You look at it in the second half, 16 plays, 13 plays, 14 plays, 13 plays. Uh, The time eaten up on those drives – 
450, 547, 657, 529. They were clock consuming drives and drives where, because of your line of scrimmage issues, man, money downs played a gigantic role in this game. Washington last night, they were a combined 13 for 23 on third and fourth down. And I think that number, I think, was. It was something like 13 for 18 at one point. I think they, they had the missed fourth down conversion late. But, man, you, you start looking at the uh, the third down numbers for Washington. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, it's taking me a minute to pull it up. You know, Texas got themselves at times in favorable third downs. Their, their average to go distance for Texas on third down was 5.9 yards. Uh, and there were some, especially in the first half, where they'd get to third and one, third and two, and – you know, I think about the the one play where you know, Quinn Ewers had the obviously the fourth down, uh, the fourth down missed glance to Xavier Worthy hurt, but there was also the one play where he's got Jordan Whittington in the flat and it's not a great throw. Maybe Whittington should have caught it, maybe shouldn't, have, but it just wasn't great execution on that play. Uh, they had the play where uh, they tried to go to Keelan Robinson between the tackles that didn't work. So, uh, you know. Money down offense last night for Texas left a lot to be desired. Uh, Washington, on the other hand, man, their average to go distance on third down was 6.1 yards. A team that's one of the best in the country on money downs. We talked about this with the Washington offense. You cannot let them get in in situations where they're constantly in favorable to go distances on money downs, and that puts you in a lot of situations where if you're an offense, it's a 50-50 play call, and if you're a defense, it really muddies the water on what you can do. Uh, third and short, third and four or less, Washington was five for six last night converting those. So at the end of the day, money downs played a big role in it. It goes back to the line of scrimmage. I felt like Washington throwing the ball between the that area that we always talk about, right, between the numbers and up to 19 yards, you know, really – other than the flea flicker to open the game, it's not like Washington just chunked it deep all night. We talked about going into it. They were one of the better deep ball passing teams in the country in terms of generating explosive plays through the air. But if you look at Washington last night with their explosive plays, uh, they had the 35-yard flea flicker to open the game, and then they didn't have a pass completion of more than 18 yards last night. Man, if you'd have told me that happened last night, I would have liked Texas' chances to win the ball game. Uh but the problem was with the explosive plays, Washington made theirs count. They had the one big 42-yard run that went for a touchdown, and again, their money-down execution was just so critical. They re- didn't really need the big play because they were so good on third and fourth down last night. So all of that stuff played into it. We talked about money-downs. We talked about uh, – and I think a lot of what it was, Snoop, and, and Sark talked about this a little bit after the game, I think situational football for Texas – with ties into football like you, it was much better than it was last year. Right? I think you can watch Texas through a 12 game regular season to see in terms of situational football, football IQ, awareness, so much better than it was last year. With that said, there's a lot of things that need to get worked on in the offseason, and that's one of them. Like the inability to get off the field on third and fourth down defensively, uh, the inability to convert some of those downs. Uh, red zone was a problem last night. I mean, you get down to the red zone twice. You, uh, three times actually. Well, let me check. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. I'm going on like two hours. Oh, go sleep please! At this, point. this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to find where my red zone numbers are. It's fun to hear the the, uh, the perspective yeah. of the game that somebody who saw the game with their eyes. Yeah, and Te- TV. Texas was three for three in the red zone, but you only got 13 points out of those red zone possessions. Two times you came up empty, uh, and man, I look. 
I respect Sark as a play designer, and I think he's very, very good at what he does. I and I, we're recording a Longhorn Blitz podcast after this, so I want to get Rod's thoughts on this. I absolutely one hundred percent with every fiber of my being detest unless you've got Calvin Johnson on the outside or Randy Moss, I loathe throwing a fade in the red zone, especially when you're inside the 10. It's a it's a low percentage throw anyway. And like I said, unless you've got Calvin Johnson or Randy Moss or what Texas had with Colin Johnson where you've got a guy that can go high pointed and go in one-on-ones, you don't have that guy right now. I just felt like red zone execution and or red zone play calling left something to be desired last night. But you needed to get touchdowns on one of those two red zone possessions. You had the one late where you had to take the field goal from Burt Auburn. You had to get it to a one-score game, take your chances with the onside kick. But I don't think the one in the first half where you had the big fourth down conversion to Casey Kane where you actually lined him up as a tailback, sent him out on a little on a little spear route and found him wide open. You ran, uh, you overloaded it to the uh, – to one side of the field, and he was wide open on the other side. That was a great, great tempo fourth down call by Sark. In case it came, props to him, 108 yards last night. I know some of it, it's a don't take anything away from what Casey Kane did last night, but Snoop, 43 of that or whatever it was, was on the last play of the game, which it really didn't matter. It's empty production at that point. I thought the same thing. People <laughs> were shouting out Kane, but yeah, I mean, it's Casey Kane, the, that was the best game he's played all season. Uh, but yeah, well, what was the, what was his long last night? 40, okay, 49. So almost half of his production came on the one throw at the end of the game. But that said, uh, it doesn't really matter at that point. I just thought Casey Kane played a really good game, but all the stuff we're talking about, uh, you know, that we talked about going into the game, a lot of it played into why Texas ultimately came up short last night against Washington. Uh, since the Specs text line, I appreciate it's blowing the, up. I appreciate the feedback from everybody. Uh, 337-3776. Uh, let's go ahead and <laughs> I love Tom's? this. I love this text. The only thing I vehemently disagree right. with is the Laurel versus Yanni thing being a hoax. I don't know. I have to pull out that YouTube bit. During yeah, the break I, I'm, not, I'm not even really sure what you're talking about. You play the sound, and you, some people hear Laurel, some people hear Yanni. I'll show you during the okay. break. We'll, we'll handle it during the break. Uh, I, I, I guess, I guess we'll we'll address the elephant in the room. I've said this all year about Xavier Worthy, and I, I Will Muschamp said something one time, Snoop, that I I think is really important to remember when you're frustrated in the moment with the game. Criticize the performance all you want. Be careful about criticizing a person. So I don't like to take pot shots at people individually. But Xavier Worthy had a forgettable night last night. And if you're going to be an elite receiver, and this is what I've said about X all year, if you're going to be an elite receiver, you catch balls like the two like the two big, the three he dropped last night. You And, and I, based on the year he had last year, what the expectations are for him, my thing is, you know what? Jordan Shipley catches those balls. Quan Cosby catches those balls. Roy Williams catches those balls. Devin Duvernay catches those balls. If you're going to be an elite receiver, you've got to make plays in crunch time. And I, I thought in the first half of the game, uh, my colleague Chip Brown, I thought Chip made had the best description for Quinn Ewers' first half. 
Like so we kind of talked about some of that empty production, some of those empty numbers. Like you look at Quinn Ewers' numbers in the first half, and you say, man, he he's not playing all that bad. He's kind of you know the numbers aren't terrible in the first half. Quinn Ewers, fourteen for twenty, one hundred twenty six yards. But he was good up until he really needed to be. Like I said, he missed Worthy on the glance. He had the the, the missed shot to Whittington that would have got a first down. Uh, he was he was good up until the point where he really needed to be good and. Things fell short. That wasn't the case in the second half. And the two balls, the three balls Xavier Worthy dropped, none of those you can fault Quinn Ewers for. Those three passes, the little comeback route that hit him in the chest that he dropped, uh, the ball down the sideline, and then the one down the middle of the field where it's a walk-in touchdown if he catches it. You can't ask Quinn Ewers to do much more than he did in those situations. So to me, that's the thing with Xavier Worthy. That's where you've got to go back to work. If you want to call yourself an elite receiver, if you want to leave this place going down as one of the best receivers to ever play here, you you got to make those plays. That's the bottom line because, like I said, Roy Williams or Jordan Shipley or Quan Cosby, Devin Duvernay, the best receivers we've seen in this program, they make those kinds of plays when they need to make those kinds of plays. That's my main issue with Xavier Worthy and what he really needs to work on in the offseason, it's just it's, it's it's all about consistency. I think everybody in that receiver room, probably with the exception of Jordan Whittington, if he comes back, they all have something they really need to work on. And I'm telling you what, man, based on the way they recruited this year at receiver, man, if I'm Jontae Cook, if I'm Ryan Niblett, if I'm DeAndre Moore Jr., I'm coming in here thinking I've got a chance to to get a spot right off the bat. So, and and I think that's the the interesting thing, Snoop. As we go forward and start looking into twenty twenty three, one of the steps Texas needs to take is you've done a really good job of acquiring talent. And, and we're like I said, you can look at different guys: Kelvin Banks, Jalen Ford, Tavian Sanders. Just go down the list of guys that you saw get better throughout the year. Jaday Barron just continues to get better. Jaron Thompson had a really good game last night. You've got talent. Do you have talented depth? The, the the four teams you're gonna watch play in the college football semifinals tomorrow, those teams have talented depth. That Alabama team we saw come in here in September, Alabama has talented depth. Ohio State has talented depth. So now some more than others, but the best teams in the country year in and year out, they have talented depth. That's where Texas needs to get. And the only way you're going to get there, you're going to get there through competition in the offseason. When you've got 15 newcomers coming in during the spring. Spring ball, Snoop, I think it's going to be really fun to track because I guarantee you some of those guys that started last night that we know for sure are coming back, they're not going to have starting jobs when the 2023 season starts. If some of these young guys like a Terrence Brooks at corner, who had a really good game last night, a DJ Campbell on the interior offensive line, if those guys continue to develop at their current rate or that development curve gets expedited a little bit, those guys are taking somebody's job. They're just going to be too good, too impactful to keep off of the field. So I'll tell you what, I'll catch my breath. We'll take a break right now. When we come back, if you want your Craig Way fix, we will play Craig's post-game interview with Steve Sarkeesian. We'll play the post-game interview that Sark did with the radio crew. We'll take your uh, a ton of feedback on the Specs text line. I appreciate that. We'll break some of that down when we come back, and we'll continue to talk about the 27-20 Alamo Bowl loss to Washington and kind of what's next for Texas in 2023. We'll do that when we come back. Light the Tower with Craig Way, Jeff Howe, and Snoop Daniel. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Is this Daft Punk, Snoop? Dirty Vegas. Okay. I had a buddy in high school who was obsessed with the Daft Punk song one more time. It was uh, techno in the nine, late 90s, early 2000s was really, it was, I think that was his peak. It's still enjoyed, yeah. but that was his. He would, uh, he would try to sing it and sing it wrong, and his response was the same every time. I said, hey man, I don't think that's how that song goes. Like, dude, yeah, it does. Well, there's a, there's a one-liner like me and my buddy Chris Dukes would still say. It's like, dude, yeah, it does. Dude. Dude, yeah, it does. Back on Light the Tower, Jeff Howe, Snoop Daniel. Motoring along. I can't believe it's our last show of 2022. It's been a year, <laughs> and, Craig, and Craig's not here. It's a shame. We didn't get a good a good send off for the three of us yesterday. It's good. We, uh, you know, it's because it's at end of the year. It can mean special, but we, you know, we we can be grinding so hard all the time. It's not even like, you know, you feel me. You know, like when you're family and sometimes like you're around each other all the time. And so, like, you, you know each other. So, it's not really goodbye or an end. I mean, it's almost like a superficial. We're just so tight. It's just like, eh. See you around, yeah. fam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, no, I, I just want to say while I'm thinking about it right now, while it's top of mind, uh, I appreciate you and Craig so much as coworkers. Snoop, y'all make coming in here, no matter what else is going on, y'all make coming in here for these two hours every day a blast. I and I, sp- I especially, I especially like when it's you and I just, just in here chopping it up and and free flowing. I, I, whatever format our show is in, uh, I dig it. And and you're the constant, Snoop. You're here every day, so you're a major, major part of this. Don't let anybody tell you you're not. This show is, <laughs> this show is one third, one third, one third, and you're one third of the right. show is. As important, if not more, than right. what Craig and I do. You know, I, I people don't want, hear Craig and I more. When people are like, oh, you Snoopy didn't talk. Trust me, I, <laughs> I, I've i done my share of talking. This is like, I love just coming here and running the boards. And, and uh, this is, I enjoy just being present. <laughs> uh, Snoop, you said that the Sark post game about six minutes It long. is six minutes and five six minutes. seconds. Okay. I'll tell you be. what, let's go ahead and hit the notebook sounder. Okay. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, BowersockTeam.com. She is the home loan expert. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they moved into their new house. Very expedited, very easy home loan process. Craig has nothing but good things to say about Aaron and the job she did. It is BowersockTeam.com. Aaron Bowersock is your home loan expert. All right, I want to get to some stuff on the Specs text line before we get to the uh, to the Sark audio. I'm still undecided, Snoop. I may take calls an hour or two. I might. Oh my god. I might. Oh. That's mostly going to be producers <laughs> producers choice because you're the one that's oh got to operate the phone. Well, you know how that thing goes with the Cowboys. I, I know you hear that broadcast yeah. where they let everybody <laughs> Okay. We might, I don't know. So <laughs> if you want to call in and say something, Snoop's got his hand on the dump button, so don't uh you know, don't go too wild, but uh you know, we might do that in an hour or two. Just okay. so if you if you're thinking about calling in, just uh you know, keep that in mind. Uh, this texture says, really hurt doing the river walk of shame last night to my hotel after that Alamo Bowl. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, UW fans seemed like they were having a good time. There was a pretty decent uh, UW contingent in the tailgate scene when I was walking into the stadium last night. Snoop, this person says they love you and uh, say you're all country. Happy New Year, Snoop. All country? Say you're all country. That's what they said. Uh, I'm Uh, a little country. So last night gave me a good feeling about the passing game for next year. Not sure if it was because we couldn't run the ball, but the rhythm felt different. Also, the Casey can get hurt. He looked slow after the catch. Um, no, I don't think Casey Kane was hurt because he was in to the last play, uh, unless something happened on that last play that I didn't see. But I'll I tell you what, I think, I think when you look back at it, when when the game settles for everybody, not just the numbers, because Quinn Ewers from a production standpoint was really good last night. Uh, thirty was it thirty one for forty seven, three sixty nine in a touchdown. Uh, set a UT freshman record for passing yards in a bowl game. Would I'm I mean. Probably would have broken Major Applewhite's bowl record uh, had maybe Xavier really caught one of those passes and some different things that happened, but I digress. Um, no, but Quinn Ewer's numbers were really good, but to the Texas point, the rhythm they got into, I think that was a really big step forward for Quinn and for Sark because I think in the first half, kind of like we've seen throughout the year, they were reluctant to take some of the short and intermediate stuff and Quinn did get in a really good rhythm. I know there were some issues with the maybe a, a sense of urgency or lack thereof late in the game on, on the last scoring drive they had. But at the end of the day, man, I, I just thought Quinn, you could tell, like he's gaining confidence, he's in a rhythm, he's starting to hit his spots. And the really good thing about Quinn Ewers is if he gets in a rhythm, like there were a lot of throws, too, but I, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the game, so I don't know how many of these he threw. Go back and count the number of throws he made because it seemed like there were quite a few of them where he's throwing he where the snap he feels the snap on the boundary side of the field and he's got to go to the field side and throw like a comeback or an out. That's the beauty of Quinn Ewers and the arm talent. If his feet are right, if he's in rhythm, if he's confident, he can make that throw look routine, and that is not a routine throw. Michael Penix made a couple of those, and you can see just the effort that he that he had to put into the throw. That's the that's one of the great things about Quinn is he just makes that those kinds of throws, those big league throws, pretty effortless. But yes, I thought to take the short and intermediate stuff, just to take what the defense is giving you, we haven't really seen Sark do that consistently. We haven't seen Quinn do that consistently. So I thought for both of them last night in the second half, especially when they realized the run game wasn't there and they started using more screens and swings and, and getting the ball to Keelan Robinson and Jonathan Brooks in space, and that basically was your de facto run game, I, I felt like, yeah, I did feel like the passing game really, really took a step forward in the second half. I know that might sound like as one texter keeps texting like I'm polishing a turd. I don't think so. I think that I think compared to what we've seen at other times this year, uh, it was a, it was a step in the right direction. I love that term. <clears throat> polishing a turd. <laughs> I like that. I actually do like that. I've used that in covering Texas football. I've used that many times in the last decade uh, plus. That poor towel that you're using, though, to polish it. It's... <laughs> you know, I just thought of a story involving number two and towels that I'm not going to say on okay, these airwaves, right, but right. <laughs> that triggered a, a a story that I was told that I had repressed in the back of my head. If so you have to use towels, then yeah, it's probably bad. Yeah, dog. That's, uh, that's no bueno. <laughs> uh, it says, hey, Jeff, what would your early prediction be for next year's football team record? I'm saying 10-2. I'm saying I don't care what it is as long as it gets you to Arlington. That, to me, is where the bar is. Uh, I think you played well enough in Big 12 play this year. I think 
with the offensive line and Quinn Ewers getting a full offseason to to gel together, Quinn getting with a full year under his belt in this offense, the improvements you made on defense. And I'll give Pete Kwiatkowski credit, man. The defense played well enough to keep you in the game last night to give you a chance to win. Uh, you know, Washington finished the game with about 5.4 yards per play. We mentioned this yesterday. I, don't, I think we mentioned it yesterday. But when you look at defensive SP+, the only defense that Washington faced this year that was comparable to where Texas is was Washington State. They scored over 50 points and averaged 10.5 per play in that game. So they were 5.1 yards per play less against Texas than they were against Washington State. Defense played well enough to keep you in the game. Pressure and, and the pressure not getting home aside. Uh, so basically, that I'm not even thinking about a record next year, Texter. I'm just thinking whatever it takes to get you to Arlington – that's what it needs to be. That's where my bar is set. Like I said, I thought I said eight and four this year. That's taking the next step. Can you get to Arlington? That pretty much guarantees you'll be in the New Year's Six. I got. I got to think about that. I think the Sugar Bowl. I think the Sugar Bowl is actually a semifinal next year. So I still think getting to Arlington, depending on what it looks like, should get you into the New Year's Six. But putting yourself in a position to get to Arlington with a chance to win a conference championship. That's where I am next year. Uh, Bebo Lance, Jason, the bowl game itself simply shows to me that Texas is one dimensional without Bijan or Roshan. Yeah, I mean. I I don't I would hope that people that watch Texas all year Snoop didn't go into that game thinking that Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson and we didn't see Jaden Blue last night, but that, that running back group would just be what Roshan and Bijan have been all year. Because those two guys, the beauty about those two backs, and they're two NFL backs, and Bijan's gonna be a first round pick, unless something just really weird happens, but I don't foresee that happening. He's RB one on everybody that covers the drafts board. Those guys can make as a play caller, as an offensive line. Those guys can make you right when you're wrong because of their ability to maximize runs. And not to say those other guys can't do it, but those two guys specifically are special in that area. So got to develop the run game, and maybe there's, a, maybe there's a chance that RB1 for 2023 is practicing down in Orlando at the Under Armour game right now with Cedric Baxter, who's going to be here in a couple of weeks. Uh, disappointed yet again with the football team, what it's going to take to have a 10-win season. Cleaning up a lot of the situational football stuff we talked about. Third down, uh, just money downs, red zone. Uh, special teams was okay last night. They had a punt, got a pump blocked last night. Field position was a huge issue for Texas all year. And I don't have the final field position numbers for the year, but Texas was one of the worst teams in the country at being able to flip the field. So that small stuff that adds up to being big stuff, that's the kind of stuff that's got to get fixed. And honestly, man, if you look at Texas under Sark, last night was another loss under Sark in one-score games. That was my big thing with Tom Herman, man. You you, you were in too many one-score games, and the games you're in, you didn't win enough of them. If you look at Texas, uh, in games decided by eight points or less under Sark, Texas is now 4-10 and ten in those games. That's not very good. You think, law of averages tell you that flips at some point, but you got to take care of those little things to make that flip. Uh, we'll get to some more specs text line feedback, but I do want to get to this. This is the post-game interview. Uh, Shout-out to the Longhorn Radio Network from Learfield, Craig Way, Roger Wallace, Will Matthews, uh, wrapping up their football season last night with the rest of us. This is their post-game conversation with Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Joining us now downstairs from the Texas locker room uh, is Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Sark, let me get get your thoughts on this. I know there's uh, disappointing elements. There's also, as we said, some uh, things. We saw some really good things out of Quinn tonight. How about your thoughts on, on the overview? Yeah, I think overview-wise, you know, it's kind of the story of missed opportunities. Uh, you know, in the first half, we uh, – 
you know, I, I don't know if it was three. It was three third downs that were like third and twos, third and ones in there that we don't convert. One was a, ended up being a fourth down that we don't convert. Um, that I, I think in the first half could have changed the complexion of the game. Um, you know, I thought our defense played well in the first half. Um, but inevitably, we, we couldn't stay on the field and extend those drives to go get points. They were all right around midfield with an opportunity to go score. Uh, and we just weren't able to do that. So that, that part was, was, was disappointing. I think they, they went on three consecutive drives where it was like 16 plays, 14 plays, 13 plays, uh, where they kind of possessed the ball, kept our defense on the field, and turned those into 17 points. Uh, so that, that was a difficult part. But I did think uh, our guys came out of the locker room offensively, found their rhythm. Uh, I thought Quinn, Quinn played a really good football game, gave guys opportunities. You know, we didn't make cup plays. You know, that, that, that part of life is football. Um, but we gave ourselves a chance. I was really proud of our team to continue to fight uh, to, to get back into the game, to give us an opportunity late. Uh, but that's a good football team. Uh, I wish we could have played better. Um, and, and maybe we've got a little different outcome, but uh, we didn't. And uh, you know, we, we just didn't have enough time in the end um, to have a real drive, uh, you know, when we were backed up right there. Yeah, and to your point, Sark, even on, when they went out on downs, they, they possessed it for nearly five minutes, uh, obviously crucial minutes uh, in the fourth quarter. You talked to, this week to us about Quinn and, and the growth you've seen in the, the month of, of bowl practices and, and workouts. What did you see? Anything uh, a little bit different tonight? Because uh, he, he kind of lived up with what you thought you might see. Well, I thought there was a few things. Uh, one, I thought he came into the game very confident. Uh, I thought he had a, a real sense of confidence about him and understanding the game plan. And then it carried over into his play. You know, I mean, he had a real idea of what we were trying to do. The ball was going to where it was supposed to be going. Uh, I thought he threw it really accurately. Um, I thought he moved in the pocket well. I thought he used his legs. Um, Quinn's a, a much better athlete than people give him credit for. His legs were a factor tonight when he when he tucked it and pulled it and ran. Um, I thought he made a couple really good decisions to throw the ball away, um, which you know, as a young quarterback, that 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 there's a there's a you, to make that play sometimes is the toughest decision to make, and, and he had a couple of those. So um, there were other things in there that I know he's going to improve upon. The just little things that, hey man, that that's our job as coaches to get into the off season and continue to develop these guys. But definitely very proud of him for the work that he put in because, hey. This was a trying season, and, and, and he had to persevere and fight through. Um, but he, he came to work here in the month of December, and then it showed. He, he played a good football game tonight. Coach, as you're looking over the team, walking into the off season, what have the seniors left for you? What's what's the legacy? Brag on those guys and, t- and tell us your takeaways. Man, I'm so proud of them. I'm so glad you asked me that question. And that's exactly what I just got done telling them in the locker room. I, I'm forever grateful and indebted to, to the senior class because – Last year was a tough year, and we had some tough moments. And we really went into the offseason about becoming a team and building our culture. And you, you don't get that unless you get the buy-in from the seniors. And this senior class did that, whether it was Keandre Coburn, uh, Anthony Cook. I mean, I, I can name a bunch of these guys, but those guys bought in, and they showed the way to do it. And um, we made tremendous strides from year one to year two. And then now is our job to go make the strides from year two to year three. Um, but but as we build this program and it, and it becomes really sustainable for, for years to come, I'll never forget this senior class, and I'm forever indebted to them because they are part of the change of, of what Texas football is about right now. And another part of that change, Sark, is, like you said, the, the signing class that you have. I mean, that, that's got to be exciting for the guys 
that you have coming back, as well as those freshmen that are going to be incoming, and, and s- several of those obviously being early enrollees. He's going to get re- jump right into it next month. Yeah, I think we have 15 kids uh, enrolling uh, early. So, you know, th- these guys are going to get a couple, couple weeks now or a week and a half or so. We start school uh, January 9th. And we get right back to it, man. We get right back into our off-season conditioning program. We got to get bigger. We got to get faster. We got to get stronger. We get right back into our football development piece, where each and every player has got things that they that we're going to ask them to work on individually, uh, so that we can improve collectively. And then we've got things as a staff. You know, we're, we're going to self-scout this entire season. We're going to dig into every aspect of our team. Where do we need to improve? Where do we need to get better, um, so that we can take the necessary steps for the growth from year two to year three. Sark, it's uh, uh, always a pleasure to visit with you all season long, and, and, and it feels even better despite the loss tonight uh, to have the conversation with you at the end of the season as opposed to the end of the season last year, even though it was a win on the tail end of it. Uh, this is a winning season for you, and, and I know everybody's excited about it, and we, we appreciate all the help and all the, all the conversation, all the cooperation from you and the staff all season. No, I'll say this, Craig, Roger, Will, you, you, guys, you guys are first class um, you know, we're in this thing together, man. We're, we're all in this together, and, and that's what it takes. It, it takes everybody involved from, from President Hart. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hartzell to, to Chris Delcani, to, to y'all, to everybody in administration, our, our football organization, our staff, our players. Um, you know, To be great, we all have to grow together, and, and you guys have been first class in everything that you do, and I appreciate you guys uh, in, the, in the way you cover us in, in, in our football program. Thanks so much, Sark. Appreciate it. See you soon. All right, y'all. Hook them. There's your Craig Way fix if you needed uh, a little Craig Way in your life, which we all do. Uh, saw somebody on the text line said, resolution for 2023 is to get Craig a chauffeur to drive him around. I guess that's in light of the uh, little mishap Craig had on 35 the other day. Um, I'll tell you what. That would be pretty sweet to have it. I mean, and he drives so much, like he could really actually use. Somebody should offer that. See, if he lets us expand Craig Way Inc., he could get that. Mm. Some of that NTR, Snoop, that NTR. All right, Snoop, I've made an executive decision, an, an executive decision that I may regret. <laughs> Top of the 11 o'clock hour, we're taking calls. We're doing it post-game style. Snoop's eyes just got as big as dinner no, that's fine. I don't mind, but I'm just <laughs> I just know how mean people can get. No, it's all good. We're gonna have fun. It's our last. Day. It's our last show of the as long year. As I don't curse. It, it, that's the thing. Just keep it clean. Snoop does have his hand on the dump button, so just keep do your best to keep it clean, and uh, and we'll have some fun. But Snoop, for the last Friday of 2022, what do we like to have happen on a Friday? Oh uh, to get all the way flaccid. Oh, we are, because it's oh, we the are. worst. <laughs> we are. Slash best of Florida man. 
2022. How flaccid can you get? We'll hand out the dubious achievement awards <laughs> on the other side with a little inconceivable to wrap up hour number one of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by Avi. And I'm Aaron Bowersock. We are currently offering incredible incentives at all of our communities across the Austin area. To learn more about how these incentives can save you money on your new home, visit yourlonghornlender.com. NMLS number 1320. Conceivable. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. All right. It is Friday. It's our last show of the year, our last Friday of the year. So, Snoop, what does that mean on? What do we what do we do on Fridays? Flaccid. Yes, we go to the most flaccid state in lower 48. We grab that low-hanging fruit from Florida on a Friday. Now, we can do a Florida man or Florida woman. We don't discriminate. Story every week. But this, folks, thank you to Fox 35 in Orlando. I present to you. Snoop, it's about as flaccid as flaccid could be, mm. okay? it is, because it is the best <laughs> slash worst of Florida man in 2022. Uh, I was going to say up in you flaccid. <laughs> <laughs> I think that defies physics, but... Uh, <laughs> completely retracted. You uh, <laughs> you making a splint or something? <laughs> no, anyway, please. I think people will get it, but yeah, Can you... Can we mark that and make that a drop or a promo or something? <laughs> no, that that might uh, be out of one. Might get me in trouble. Why, that's why I love you, Snoop. <laughs> I love having you behind the Fun. glass on this show. Uh, you've got uh, a man who was reportedly naked and armed with a machete and tried to steal another man's clothes in Volusia County. Remember that story, Snoop? That's a, but I at least he's trying. So no, nope. be close. I'm telling you, man. Nobody wants to fight the naked guy. Because a naked guy. With all due respect to people dealing with mental health issues, there's something wrong with the with the naked guy yes. holding a machete. All so just, respect. Just give him his space. Stand back. Just hey man, if you want, to, if you need to steal my clothes, I'll, in that case, I will give you the shirt off my back if it doesn't mean I go out. By Remember the hands when of we naked were taking the machete, the naked photos the machete. on Congress and that and the person oh, yeah. who approached KK. Yeah, he wasn't naked, but he, I guess he could have been. So by the way, we need to change our Twitter header. The horn Twitter header. Thank you. Yeah, because BK Trey and Kevin no longer work here. Love those guys, but they're no longer employed here. I was I've wanted to say, but you know it's not my my account. Well, I just made it my place, so there you go. (laughs) If I said it for you, Uh, you got Richard Atchison of Fruitland Park, Florida. He was arrested. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at this. (laughs) You just have to read it, right? Was arrested for allegedly hitting his wife with a Christmas tree. When she asked for help making dinner, according to Lake County officials. The hell you want to hit somebody with a Christmas? That must not have been a very big Christmas tree. Yes, I need to know the size of the tree. And, yes. and, and did he go run, get the tree, and then take a running start to hit her with it? We or? must know specifics on the Christmas tree bad. assault. Uh, but although, I bet you that hurts because Christmas trees are prickly. If somebody hits you in the face, it probably hurt. Like, oh, my God, it's hurt. Depending on if it's like a Douglas fur or something. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't, I'm not up to date on my, uh, you know, whatever, on Christmas trees and what all species mm-hmm. of trees we have. Uh, you've got a guy who was running from police at the time and was arrested for reportedly trying to flee an Osceola County school bus that was stopped at a racetrack gas station or flee on an Osceola County school bus that was stopped at a racetrack gas station. Deputy said they were running after Canal Bryan because they received a call about a suspicious person at a local business inappropriately making comments or touching people. Hmm. That sounds creepy. Yeah, stole a school bus. 
It's like the, like the do you remember the dudes in Road Trip when they stole the school bus? Yes. Stole the bus from the school for the blind. Yeah. And drove it to Austin. That's very uh, under yeah. underrated movie. Road Trip, underrated movie. Uh, Robert Patrick Wilson. It's never good when they use your full name. Who deputies called a motorcycle gang member? He was arrested after reportedly he was reportedly spotted going over a hundred miles an hour on a 2009 Harley Davidson motorcycle. He reportedly sped off from a two-way traffic stop, uh, from two traffic stop attempts on his motorcycle before he was taken into custody. During the third traffic stop attempt, you know how they finally got him, Snoop? His motorcycle ran out of gas. Oh, I don't feel bad for him, but... (laughs) Uh, You had a man who uh, jumped into the St. John's River in an attempt to avoid capture, uh, leading deputies, deputies in a pursuit across multiple Central Florida counties. Uh, he was in the water for about an hour before he was eventually taken into custody. Uh, you've got another guy. Uh, Jerome Ellis was a Dollar General employee in the land when he allegedly poured bleach into his co-worker's drink after an argument. When oh. deputies arrived at the store, video surveillance reportedly showed Ellis pouring bleach into the Pepsi can while the victim was in the bathroom. He reportedly also the wiped the can off, walked away, and came back to spit in the drink. So it's not bad enough to put bleach in his drink. you got to spit in it, too. That's just rough. Uh, oh, God. I'm imagining the smell of bleach. Uh, Randall Atwell of Orlando was taken to jail after he was caught on camera climbing through a Wendy's drive through window. You remember this one, Snoop, and stealing cash? We had a couple yeah. of stories this year from Florida, people jumping through, climbing through drive through windows and causing a, causing a, a, a ruckus. Uh, Randy Whelan reportedly stole a machine from a construction site in Flagler County and took it on a joyride to Beverly Beach, leaving behind, quote-unquote, a path of destruction. Yeah, I can see how that would happen. Uh, an investigation revealed Wheatland reportedly stole the $60,000 lull from a construction site and took it about two and a half miles along A1A to Beverly Beach, running over two fire hydrants, a charter communications fiber node, a resident mailboxes, and broke several sections of public sidewalk. Authorities said the damage he allegedly caused is believed to be more than $10,000. I told you, Snoop, about my uh, my delinquent days. Back in Florence, America, USA, where sometimes the only activity to do on a Saturday night was run around, d- yeah, destroying mailboxes. Yeah, we we get a phone call. Yeah, uh, he wants to talk about the uh, the pouring bleach in the Pepsi can. Okay, line well, one. No, well, no. Uh, we'll, we'll take we'll take calls four four seven three seven seven six. If you want to line up some phone calls, mm-hmm. we'll talk Texas football right, or bleach in a Pepsi can or whatever. We're not gonna take the call right now. Okay. Put him up and back on hold. Yeah, we're going to finish the... Hold on, uh, fam. You know, because <laughs> back in the day when they did heavy radio calls, people would hold on to talk on the radio for like three hours. It's for, for real. Yeah. I don't know if y'all remember that. Yeah, keep it. Let's keep it concise. <laughs> no diatribes. Well, I don't right. need you. But, but, you know, but if you're calling piece. and you have to be on hold, like, you have to have patience. Uh, there was one man, Snoop, who was accused of stealing over $1,000 worth of toothbrushes from a Walgreens. I Deputy remember say that story. He later admitted to throwing the toothbrushes off the Long Key Bridge in the Florida Keys. The motive behind the incident wasn't immediately available. Um, I don't know. Steal it. Don't steal toothbrushes. Like at least pass them out. Something. Don't throw them off the bridge. Give them to homeless. Maybe this guy had some kind of dislike for dentists. I don't know. Uh, deputies say Zachary Silbert was pretty courteous when he reportedly yelled to a deputy, "I'm sorry." After being pulled over for allegedly driving 110 miles per hour on Interstate 95 in Brevard County, instead of quote unquote stopping the car like a normal adult. Silbert decided to play Frogger across I-95, the sheriff's Frogger. office wrote. 
uh, in a note on Facebook. Yeah, he just got out the car and just started. We went through traffic. You, ever, you played Frogger. Frogger was dope. No, I'm no. I said Frogger. Finally, that was one of my favorite videos. Back games. in my newspaper days, my dad had set up a computer that literally all that computer could do. It had Frogger on it. That's all it could do was play Frogger. It's back in the days of the big, huge PCs. Uh, that, that's our that's our last Florida man story. So that oh, is some yeah. of the best slash worst of Florida man. In the year of our Lord, 20 and 22. Our last hour of 2022. The last hour of the week. Until we meet again in 2023. is coming up next here on Light the Tower. On the Horn. Live, local, and digital. On the Horn app. And at hornfm.com. From the EDO Business Services Studios. You're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK. KTAE AM Elgin. K270CO.